But it looks like we have ourselves a... a genuine conundrum. <laughs> a quandary, if you will. A real-life dilemma. <laughs> so... I thought we'd play a game. One hand. Zivina decides who lives... and who does not. <laughs> I want to welcome you to the Pantheon. I am your host, Ray, and today we are finally reviewing John Wick Chapter 4. Uh, this will end our Wick Wednesday reviews. Uh, also, this is our show is coming to an end in general. Uh, Evie and I had to uh, stop production in, in total. Certain things came up, which uh, unfortunately we can't do anymore. It's nothing legal or nothing personal. It's just Things happen and there's we just can't go further. But it's been an honor and a thrill and a pleasure to do these this thing and grow and learn and have fun, you know, talking to you on uh we're gonna do some more stuff on, on the audio portion. Uh my buddy John, uh we're gonna we, we just reviewed a Transformers uh book and uh it's gonna be our jumping springboard to going back to some of the old stuff. So on with the show. John Wick chapter four, awesome movie, really enjoyed it. Very long, very, very long. Chad Sayaski, the director, uh, who's only, I think, done uh, John Wick films since doing John Wick Chapter One with David Leach, uh, has focused his attention on John Wick. And obviously, done an amazing job because every film is better than the first in terms of the action. And this movie is no exception, it tops itself on many, many levels. Now, uh, is it better than the first one? No. Uh, the first one is a very okay. So the first one seems very low key and very uh, normal. <laughs> I say normal, but very low key because uh, you don't know. It's kind of like a mystery box. You don't know who John Wick is, and by the end of it, once you realize who he is, the the, the genie's out of the bottle. Like, like you can't put it back in. So once you know who he is and this world he lives in, you have to explore it. By the time you get to chapter four, the verisimilitude of what. John Wick is is not there. I mean, you, it's not. It's it's purely a fictional make believe world, which has nothing to do with the reality which we live in. And it, and though it has fun with the violence and the the gun fu, it doesn't necessarily glorify. I mean, there are rules. It's a society. It's done really well. Done. Uh, there are there is humor to this movie. Uh, there is certain things that subtext to the movie. Which you know you can't take seriously. It's in no way, shape, or form connected to the real world, and that's what makes this movie so good. It's an escapism. If you can uh, understand that and accept that and just enjoy the ride, and hopefully they deliver something really, really entertaining, uh, you will have an amazing time. If you like action movies, if you love um, these gun shooting, gun, gun fu movies, John Wick is one. John Wick Chapter Four can rival some of the best action movies you've ever seen. Now, coming from a movie of watching like, uh, let's say, The Raid, or watching a movie like uh, Hardcore Henry, or Carter, or The Villainous, or Prey, yes, where the, where the action is a little over the top or supernatural, so John Wick may not be in terms of that high octane kind of feel. It is grounded because you have a human being doing this amazing stuff at a high level. And it's still amazing. It's still an awesome concept and every and every adversary john fights or or situation that he goes into it's at the ante and the level of what you're seeing is great it's shot like like a comic book the the visuals the color the color palette uh Stoyevsky did an amazing job visually talking communicating with every 
division head of or departments like costume, um, production design, music. He he wants to make sure that every department that puts this movie together understands the movie and really puts their all into it. Like they, it's all like a, it's a collaborative effort. There were like over 200 stuntmen who did this movie. It was shot over, I think, over 100 days. I think it was seven different countries. And it's done. It's directed by a stuntman and, and performed by many, many stuntmen. And you see it. You see it on the screen. Uh, and it's impressive. Like, I like uh, Born Identity where it's like shaky cam, high cuts, and you're seeing from from behind. This one, you're, it's a medium to wide shot. You're seeing all the act. You're seeing the performance. Yeah, sometimes I'm sure Keanu's not doing all the movies. I mean, it's a stuntman, but like you're seeing Keanu Reeves do 80% of the stuff. You see him going through this whole thing, and there's not that many cuts. So you know he's actually doing all the stuff. And the effort, all the effort is on the screen. Now, these characters are, are off the rockers. I mean, uh, Bill Skarsgård, even uh, Lawrence Fishburne, his character is a lot reduced and is not really. Well, here's, here's the thing. The movie was four. I think the original movie was four hours long. This movie is like three and ten, three hours, ten minutes, something, something like that. So it's a long film. The un director's cut, if you will, is very long. And I think a lot of these characters, like the tracker, whose character uh, should is, is, I know there's more to tell you. Uh, it's had to be cut down. Now the movie is long. It feels long. There's scenes where they're just walking. You know, but even in those walking, it's visually shot perfectly. It's it tells a story. But realistically, you could cut a half hour of this movie down, and you still have an awesome movie. Um, one of my favorite sequences is, is the Arc de Triomphe uh, car sequence. It's just it's uh, chaos. It's just madness, and it's great. Okay, so when John Wick first started off, it's a simple story. It's a man dealing with grief and loss, and trying and going back into a world which uh, has called him back and he and trying to uh, wrestle with that and trying to not um ruffle too much feathers but the the man who's who's fighting his own inner demons if you will and outside forces kind of invade with that by the end of this uh it's a man who has to try and understand it, uh, it uh, come to terms with his consequences like he wherever he goes he brings death everyone tells him like when when is enough's enough like he's, you're supposed to die you refuse to die you can't kill everybody so what are we going to do and they go about this in such a way because he starts off with him killing the at the high table the man behind at all and then you find out if you kill one person you it's like the head of a hydro you, you kill the head of a one snake two more heads will come up so whoever you kill uh, you're not going to solve. You're not going to stop what's coming. And the more he does, uh, the more people who's close to him die. And and yet he gets closer and closer to getting a resolution to this ending. There are some anecdotes here that are really, really cool. Uh, uh, Donnie Yen uh, plays Kane, a blind hitman. Uh, his, his backstory, as it's told to you as it develops, is extraordinarily interesting. Like uh, John Wick, He's the, he is the uh, he becomes the villain, but you root for him. Uh, you're sympathetic to him. You don't want him to die. You want him to live, and you want both Wick and Donnie Yen's character Kane to be at the other end of this. Okay, and you see his journey. And Donnie Yen is just amazing. He does he, he gives an f bomb uh in the third act to uh Skarsgård's character uh but it's so funny when he does it it's such a cool part when he, he does that um 
Scott Atkins is in it. Uh, he he his character is interesting. Why they chose? Well, I'm not even sure why they did that. Uh, it's it's the only part of the movie that might be insensitive, because you you know uh, if you know who Scott Atkins is and so what, why he's why he's in this persona um, is not really given to you. Uh, there's a, there's a card game in that in his character. There's a reasoning behind that because it kind of demonstrates that he can kill anybody whenever he wants. But he chose not to, and uh, it's interesting. The card game comes comes to play in the end with the idea of having the high card is uh, the winner, and coincidentally, it's the, it's a high table too. So uh, there are there are things in it. Uh, I'm trying to be as very vague as possible. You come here thinking there is a way out of this world for you, Mr. Wick. There is not. The Centre Pompidou. Sacre Coeur. Sacre Coeur. Weapons. If you win, the table will honor its word. You will have your freedom. But you won't take it. Blades. Pistols. Dueling pistols. 30 paces. In the event that both parties survive, each will approach the other at increments of 10 paces until only one remains. But there are things in it that are awesomely, uh, cleverly done. It's incinerator, incinerary bullets. I think they're called dragon bullets or dragon breaths bullets. Uh, the see it play out is awesome. This kind of uh, visual, other than in video games, like watching uh, X-Men, you're watching from above because you have different players going to different chambers. But seeing it play out with John Wick and what he's doing uh, is because of the type of gun it is, it's awesome. For 10 minutes, it's a 10-minute thing, and it's never boring. Uh, there's, a, there's a scene they talk about the stairs which is straight up like uh, <laughs> something out of like a cartoon, but uh, it's played out really, really well. Uh, but my favorite is the Archetrium. It's the it's the Carmageddon um, action sequence that you you want to see because you know in John Wick his weakness is cars, and uh, they really go the up the ante on this. So not only does John Wick get hit by cars, the villains get hit by cars. It's just an on. It's just. Carmageddon, and it's at its best. It's like it's almost using cars as in kung fu. Carmageddon, kung fu. I guess I don't know what, what the phrase is, but like it's just great. There is a lot to talk about here, but I'm trying to make this simple. Uh, they shot two endings to this, so the ending uh, maybe on the DVD Blu-ray that they, that they can show you the alternate ending uh, about the character of John Wick. Uh, there's a post-credit scene with Kane's character. Uh, the scene with Kane and his daughter, his background, like what he did to his eyes, like the stories they give you is awesome. Now, though I say awesome, I don't always mean awesome because the storytelling in this one, in terms of the world building, it falls by the waistline. John Wick's two and three, they give you this open world concept. Every time you watch these things with the gold coins, the world of assassins, the Intercontinental Hotel, the rules. It's building on something. It's always building on something really awesome. And then we get to chapter four. It kind of like forgets all. It, 
you, you remember the rules and you remember this world and they show you the gold coins, but they don't follow through or expand on anything else that you've seen in the past. You're now, okay, you're given this world. You're not going to expand on this world any further than what you've been told about gold coins, the continental, the assassin's codes, uh, the rules in which they were worked by, the blood oaths, all the things that, that, that we've been informed of and looking forward to seeing more of. You're not going to get ex anything expansive out of that. And sometimes uh, that those rules or those stories or those things kind of fall by the waistline, which, you know, for the sake of the story, is okay. Uh, but then there's things like the, the call center. Like you have these um, women who have these great big tattoos who uses old school, like operating like analog systems in a technological world that's digital you know uh some of it, it doesn't make any sense in a logistical sense like it doesn't as an aesthetic look as a kind of a cool avant-garde look to it it's interesting but in its actual application like in, in the actual world in which it is it makes no sense like um so there are things like that that's there the, the villain is the, kind of like the twirly mustache villain by, by scars god is a little over the top uh, I knew Skarsgård. He's in a tremendous shape to do an action sequence where he's going to be fighting. I saw the makings of it. I, f I forgot the name of the movie, but I thought you're going to see him without a shirt, him doing this, this big fight sequence against John Wick, and it's going to be amazing. Uh, you don't get that. You get something completely different, but even that is awesome. Like the twist about the guns. It's always about the guns and the bullets. So it always goes back to what we know to be true, and that's really going back to the basics and how you begin it and how you end it, like going full circle, if you will. Uh, topic itself, seeing things you've never seen before, using the environment as weapons, using, you know, using all these kinds of things, you're getting it here. And it's all things you've never, ever seen before. And that's what I like about John Wick. Whoever he goes to will die. And so he's a man uh, with without a country of men who's, who's wanted and uh, his time's up, but he refuses to die. Which kind of reminds me of Sisu, a movie that's awesome from Finland. Uh, but I recommend this film wholeheartedly. It's not, it's not a great like action epic movie with great dialogue, but uh, it, the, the storytelling is in the action. The storytelling is in front of you. And all the money that's put to make this movie, it's, given to you it's on the screen not on the page but it's on the screen and it's going to pay dividends it's probably one of the better to end off on this note uh, i can't think of a better way to go out so thumbs up for john wake uh and this might conclude our overall show but i want to thank you for watching in terms of the pantheon of m and this will be the ending of our series and uh, it's always been a pleasure it's been fun and uh hopefully uh you get to hear some of our shows on the audio portion for the remainder of this year so uh, we're not gone technically but we are now uh coming to a close so all the best i wish you well signing off Same goodbyes? Saying hello. You think your wife can hear you? No. And why bother? Maybe I'm wrong. You're going to die.
Maybe not. A new day is dawning. New ideas, new rules, new management. Who is this? The Marquis de Gramont. Challenge him to single combat. Win or lose, it's a way out. I don't sit at the table. Your family does.